What's the last Halloween costume you remember wearing? Um, it was the the bad guy from Sonic. What, what's his name? Oh, my son will be. Yes, we have a helper. What is it? The last time you wear it, it was last year. It was on Top Gun Maverick. Oh, I was Top Gun Maverick last year. I love it. My favorite is the help that we had. From that's your daughter right there. That was my son. Oh, son, son, I couldn't hear very well. Very nice. Thank you, Dan. Eli in the corner. Eli, thank you, Eli. Dan, what's your favorite junk food? Oh, it's chocolate. Yeah, my son just answered that one, dude. Eli, do you want to do this interview? Would that make you happy? (laughs) We're here today with Dan Brimness of danbrimness.com here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College (laughs) Studios. Dan, thanks so much for being here today, man. How's it going? It's going well, going well. Now, listen, you're originally from Canada, is that right? Correct. Yeah, British Columbia. All right. So I did a little research on British British Columbia to find out some fun facts about it. And so let's see if you knew these things. You guys got a lot of world's largest stuff. Are you aware of this? Uh, I don't know if I knew that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> here you guys- go. Tell me, I'll be able to confirm or deny. <laughs> All right, the first one is this: is you guys have the world's largest hockey stick? Did you oh, know that? Good to know. Where? Uh, Where Duncan, Duncan, British Columbia. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then you also have the world's largest fly fishing rod. That's up north in BC too, isn't it? I've seen that one. Houston. It's in Houston. Is that, is that uh-huh. a place? All right. Yeah. We're trying to we're trying to uh, compete with Houston, Texas, which is big, <laughs> everything. Everything's bigger in Texas, and then you also have the world's largest tin soldier. Oh, that's a new one for me. That yeah, it was new for me. I didn't know. I wasn't even sure why that would be a thing. But you guys got it's in a place called West New Westminster. Okay, that's basically Vancouver. Yeah. And so then, then I got some other. So once I got to the world's largest, I was like, "Well, that's really funny that all these world's largest things are here in BC." Um, but then you guys also have the most ghost towns in North America. Oh wow! Okay, 1,500 1, ghost towns. So when this music thing ends, year decades from now. Maybe you just start up a ghost town tour there in British Columbia. You just take everybody around to ghost towns. Or just like move into one. <laughs> you can be mayor. And uh, I, bet, uh, I bet the houses are real cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys got grizzly bears everywhere. In, in British Columbia is 25% of the grizzly bear population right there in British Columbia. In the, in the world. Wow. I mean... I'll be honest, you don't see them much as a a land dweller, but if you keep going up north towards those fly rods and world's biggest things, you're going to find some grizzlies, yes. Let let me ask you this, have you ever ever encountered a sea wolf in your time in British Columbia? Did you say sea wolf? A sea wolf. What's a sea wolf? It's a breed of wolf, I said the same thing. It's a breed of wolves that swim from island to island. Huh. 
And they're there in this British Columbia. Little, uh, this is a little embarrassing that you're you're telling me things about my country that I don't know. No, I, listen, listen. These were <laughs> I, I searched pretty deep. All right, it's pretty pretty deep here did. to see what's going on. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was uh sounds like my sea wolves what is a sea wolf but hey listen you know next time next time if you're back visiting family or something just go you know go find your sea wolf send me a picture because i'm pretty uh i'm pretty intrigued by this thing i'll go, I'll, I'll go, swim, with, I'll go swim with one we'll see how it goes <laughs> you may not have you may not send a picture after that but anyway that's enough about facts <laughs> of british columbia so you're you're a nashvillian these days how did you what, what brought you from british columbia there in canada your home to nashville where you are today uh well it was music i basically was had a, a small music career in canada and i was getting ready to record my next album and uh, a friend was like you should go talk to some people in nashville and so i talked to a producer named ed cash hmm. who um you would probably know him from we the kingdom and he's been a songwriter and a producer for years and and um he agreed to work with me and that turned into me you know recording some new music which turned into um some record labels hearing it and before we knew it i was signing a deal and the whole family was moving to nashville and now we're, we're where we are today so you're talking about you had a, a career there in canada and so music's obviously been something that's been a part of you for quite some time what got you into music to begin with uh i i do have a distinct memory i was at church it was one of those sunday night um services and i remember looking up on the stage seeing the drummer and i was like man that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna play the drums uh and and be a part of music and that's what I did. Drums was the first instrument I learned. I ended up touring around the world before I did my own music with a couple of artists you may, probably haven't heard of. They were Canadian artists and it sort of gave me like um, a lot of experience and just, you know, a great, a great adventure in music. And, and then I eventually started doing my own thing. And uh, it's it all sort of like was all a part of the story, but I've been playing music drums all that kind of stuff since i was probably like 11. um and yeah i i just it was it was the passion and, and still is so you're 11 you want you get into drums and then you end up as you said you're two in the world as a drummer at what point was yeah. so were, were you content of just like you know i'm going to be a drummer and just roll this thing out for you know as long as i can at what point did, did you say, you know what, I think I want to do my own thing. I want to be a, I want to be an artist of my own. Was that something you always kind of had an itch for or was it something that happened along the way? I thought it, I had an itch for it. I just didn't know if it was possible. I think a lot of us have ideas or dreams and um, we put them in the impossible category, which means mm -hmm. that we don't actually take the journey. And, and the journey is the thing that, in my opinion, that it is the most valuable part. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't have a lot of confidence. I always compared myself to the people that I played music for. I was like, well, they can sing, they can write music. Can I, you know? So I think the, my curiosity just got the best of me and, and I got really, um, unhappy and uncomfortable. Maybe some of you that are listening can relate with this where you just feel like you're at a dead end or like you're at the end of your growth spurt. And I knew that I had to do something else. In fact, my wife was the one we had just been married like a year. And she's like, you are miserable. <laughs> she's like, if you don't, if you don't scratch that itch, I don't know, like, 
uh, I don't know how fun the next couple of years are going to be. <laughs> so she really pushed me. And, you know, there's a few people in my life that just encouraged me to do it. And I really thought it was impossible, but I took the first step of what would turn out to be thousands of steps. Yep. And I'm glad I did because, um, you know, it's been the best thing ever. So were you, were you already like writing and stuff and just kind of doing it for yourself and, you know, kind of for the bedroom, so to speak, or was that something that finally just kicked into? I played around in high school a lot. We had this class in school where we learned how to record and, and, and like write music and, and like use a recording studio, which is very rare to have in a small town in Canada. So I really learned on how basically how to produce a record. And I actually won a few competitions. I do. I was writing punk music back then. So yeah. I won a competition to play at the Vans Warp Tour in Calgary, Alberta. And yeah. that's when I thought, I thought, you know what, if I, if a bunch of people submitted and and like they chose me, maybe maybe I do have something. Maybe like maybe I shouldn't be so hard on myself. And that was one of the first times that I thought, okay, it wasn't my parents or my best friend or whatever this was this was up to anyone uh so it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence and courage but it was still years later before i recorded my whole like first album and um you know it was at least 10 years later that it took me a long time to get up the courage to hmm. put myself up is all right here's the real question is there a dan brimnes punk rock record somewhere out there i literally found them all like two weeks ago and i haven't i haven't listened to it yet but i've got a bunch of early music that i think is going to be hilarious and I we want to hear it dan i might go on instagram or something and like listen through it because i think it could be very funny oh if you're if you're listening to this go to dan's instagram page and we're going to pressure him we're going to pressure him till he plays it and yep. and, you, and you should you should listen to it for the for the first time in a long time right there in that moment I'm here I for will. it. I'm I here will. for it. Again, we're here with Dan Brimnez, Dan, danbrimnez.com here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. Uh, Dan, shifting gears a little bit here, do you remember the first record you bought with your own money? Um, I think, honestly, I think it was... This isn't the... This is not a Christian record. That's all right. It was the offspring smash. Oh yeah. Yeah. In yeah. Fact, I, think I think it's explicit. <laughs> so don't go listen to it. But I remember offspring well. I remember offspring well. But I was like I was in my rebellious stage and my parents had no idea. Oh. But I bought it and I had this Sony, you know, anti-skip disc walkman. I just walk around school, a Christian school during recess, and I just I was like, you guys have no idea the secret I have in my ears. <laughs> offspring's blowing it up over here <laughs> man yeah so they were kind of in that vein of not quite punk so to speak i don't guess but were you were they a big influence for you um i don't know i don't think so who no. are some influences well on my on my punk music career that any lasted of the <laughs> lasted a week i listened to rancid a lot this old punk band rancid okay i listened to uh goldfinger mm -hmm. i listened to yeah, Offspring, Green Day. Yeah. And then I kind of got into like, I got into uh, like some Jars of Clay, started getting into some Christian music, got into um, some Lifehouse, of 
course, a little bit of DC talk. Um, then I got into U2, you know, so it's sort of, I liked Collective Soul a lot. I yeah. started getting into more like, um, I guess you call it like pop rock sort of yeah. music. Yeah. And then, Green. of course, and then came the Coldplay years where everybody got into Coldplay. Everybody, a little bit. everybody, man, that Green Day took me back for a second. They were, they've been around forever. Forever. So long. Yeah. Tapes. I remember listening to a Green Day tape at some point. Oh, yeah. In my lifelong yep. ways. So in that vein, in that same vein, that same line of thinking, if you could open up for anybody dead or alive, and don't overthink it, you just get to be there, you're present in the day, you get to be a part of the day, who would it be? Um, it would it would probably be you too, because I think yeah. they're like such a uh, they're such a great band. I've seen them live and uh, they just hold a lot of memories from my like early days. Pretty special band. Yeah, I'm, I, I'll be there for that. Dan, we're going to hear Dan Brimness, Dan, danbrimness.com here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. Dan, you, you talked about you had a punk rock uh, phase there for a week or so, and uh, and then you, you toured around as a drummer, all that kind of stuff. And so you got a lot of different angles that uh, you've worked here. Do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Uh, yes. And uh, that will be what I'll debut on my Insta stories. Yes. It was a a love song called Freak. And it was in my (laughs) punk rock phase, which actually probably lasted like four years, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for this, by the way. So, all right. So Freak was your first song, right? Song you ever wrote. And uh, you're a little different these days. Well, tell me this. What's your songwriting process like today? So... Yeah, these days I write a lot with producers and I love to like actually start with the music side and get inspired off of beats and rhythms and things like that. And it changes every time I write an album. Like my last album, I had a bunch of song titles that I'd written down over the year and I just used them to write songs. These days I'm going in with nothing because I don't really have anything in my head. And as the day goes and as i start writing things just start happening and i don't know how else to explain it but so far so good <laughs> that's fascinating so you just kind of go in as just this blank canvas and you're like let's just see where the moments take us yeah not by my choosing uh it's just evolved a little bit and this time i'm writing right now for the record and, and this time i like to be prepared but I'm I'm finding I can't prepare myself, uh, and I don't know why. But uh, it's been the funnest I've had, and yeah, coming out with some stuff that I'm I'm really enjoying. So that's that's fascinating for a second because that one you could freak out, you know, and be like, I've got to manufacture something. But it seems like, and, and help me if understand if I'm on the right track here, it seems like you're almost kind of going in just looking for the surprise of the day. Let me just find what's here. Almost like you're you're opening yeah. this gift. Yep. It's really strange and wonderful. And I think um I think maybe the way my mind works or is working right now is especially with songwriting, it's such a like intangible force, you know what's the phrase um you you climb a mountain because it's there you write a song because it's not you're Mm. taking 
something out of thin air. And um, sometimes the more you plan or the more I plan, the worse the song is because I'm trying to like steer it in this specific direction. I'm not saying that's wrong, but this time on this record, that's not working for me. I'm finding I'm, I'm like just giving up all control and being like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen today, but it could be come, come out of a conversation at the beginning of the session, or I could, uh, as I start hearing music, I could start hearing melodies and, and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We have my interest peaked, Dan. I'm, when the new record comes out, I look forward to, to seeing what popped up in your brain along the way. Uh, again, we're here with Dan <laughs> DanBrunos.com here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. Dan, there are a few things like live music. It's incredible. Uh, so many gifts and moments that happen, but there's some goofy stuff that happens along the way too. Do you have any onstage embarrassing moments that stick out to you? Uh, I do have a few. Uh, the the one that that comes to mind usually is I was playing I was playing this big uh, event in Canada and it was sort of like a thing I'd always wanted to play growing up and they had me playing with Martin Smith from Delirious yeah another you know band mm -hmm. and at the time that was like my favorite because they're like the YouTube Christian music. Yeah. And I was so excited to we um we like my me and my band played with him and then we also did our own stuff and then we like opened for him and his band one night and um they had this clock in front of us for when the time was up and I finished to the second almost I like to be on time and uh and we were doing like worship right we were doing some of my own music and we were doing worship and the clock ended and that so i just took my guitar off I put it on the stands my guys took their stuff off and it was just this empty stage with or we were on the stage and bright white lights and just silence and like seven thousand people and i was like what is happening and what do i do there's no transition so we just sort of walked <laughs> off stage and i was like what's on here and maybe it doesn't sound bad but i've never felt more embarrassed i felt like naked uh and we went off stage and i was like what happened and they're like they're like in the 20 years of doing this event we've never had anyone finish on time and none of our tech staff knew what to do <laughs> <laughs> you need some new tech it people it sounds like to me yeah that no i know you said it doesn't sound may not sound that bad that sounds terrible because just like you said, you just everybody just was staring at you. People just stare at you, like right here. It was here. the worst. Oh, that's too funny. Well, Dan, I like to wrap up with a little rapid fire. You got your game face on? I hope so. What's the last Halloween costume you remember wearing? Um, it was the the bad guy from Sonic. What, what's his name? Oh, my son will be. Yes, we have a helper. What is the it? last one you wear it was last year it was um, from, from top gun maverick oh i was top gun maverick last i love year. it <laughs> my yeah. favorite is the help that we had from that's your daughter right there that was my son oh son son i couldn't hear very well very nice thank you dan sign in the corner eli thank you eli dan what's your favorite junk food oh it's chocolate yeah, my son just answered that one, dude. Eli, do you want to do this interview? Would that make you happy? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably um, 
honestly, like a Snickers bar or a Kit Kat. I just, and I'm, I'm not paid to say that. Uh, <laughs> not no. yet. Not yet. Uh, You're not. Yeah, that's right. After this interview, I'll become the official spokesperson. <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh man, it's definitely um, Reese's. Mm. Can you name one of the seven dwarfs? Shoot. Isn't there one called like Harry or something or Larry? <laughs> no, but there should be. <laughs> so those are the ducks. <laughs> Huey, uh, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, right, right, right. The seven dwarfs. Tell me one, Eli. Come on. Okay. Love oh, man. We're going to we're gonna like go. I'm on a, I feel like I'm on a talk show and my son's like one of the musicians that talks. I you know, love it. I love it. I love it. How long does it take Dan Brimness to get dressed in the morning? I I do feel like this is one of my gifts. Um, I'm instantly ready. Maybe Instant. 25 seconds. Instant. You're microwave Instant. ready. Eli, who gets ready faster than anyone in the world, Eli? Thank you. There we go. <laughs> what color is your toothbrush? Uh, it's it's a it's a light it's a light gray. In the movie about your life, the Dan Brimner story. What actor would play you? I wish it would be Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I, I, I love asking. <laughs> I love asking the guys that question because it's always like there's some stud muffin somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be any Marvel character, who would it be? Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. I know, I know, Eli. No. I wouldn't be good at this question either. I'd be like, like I, don't I don't really like. I know this. I know this is something that everyone loves, uh, and this is not even the question. But I'm not a big. I'm not a big Marvel fan. But I, I suppose, I suppose. Hmm, thinking, I'm thinking. This is, this is, this is an important question. I'd, it'd probably be Spider Man. I think he I has love the most Spider -Man. fun. I love Spider Man. What's your favorite board game? Um, I really don't like board games, but I like That's the acceptable answer. I like the card. I like the card version of Monopoly. Monopoly deal. Yeah, I've never played yeah. that. I've seen it. I've never played it. All right, I'll check it out. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Batman. Hmm. Like and the last, cartoon, the cartoon yeah. version of Batman. Yes. Yep. And last but not least. Maybe you already answered this. Something you hate that everyone else loves. Yeah, I think we talked about a few of them already. Marvel. I don't hate it. I don't hate <laughs> it. I just, I'm not. I don't think it's interesting. Uh, and I just the acting is is so bad. Marvel, but mainly. And again, people are just going to probably unfollow me for this, but I don't. I don't love popcorn. What? Oh, quiet over there. <laughs> Eli's dev. Me and Eli are devastated with this answer. No it's popcorn. Just, it's just so disappointing. You know, it's just <laughs> terrible. And like, it's so squeaky and gets stuck in your teeth. And it's it's I not even helpful for you. So like, you're not getting any benefits. But I realize that it brings a lot of people a lot of joy. So I love I popcorn. It. It's okay though. We're gonna bounce back from this. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all Barely. right. When you when you uh, when you go insta live and you play that punk rock record, we'll be we'll be back tight again. 
that's going to restore us. He's Dan Brimnes, danbrimnes.com, here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. Dan, you've been a ton. Dan and Eli, you guys have been a ton of fun today. Thank you for being a part. You've been listening to Behind the Tunes with Austin Black. You can reach the show at behindthetunes at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next time as we go Behind the Tunes.